Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Dr. Rand McLean. He is the author of Cheating Death, the new science of living life longer and better. Living longer and better, not living life longer and better. But welcome to the show today, Dr. Rand. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And thanks for having me on board. How are you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing fabulous today, actually. So uh, let's start a little bit by telling us who you are, what you do, and telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a doctor of regenerative and sports medicine and uh, located out here in Southern California. Um, got into this really kind of, uh, I joke, you know, partly necessity, uh, desperation and inspiration, I guess they call it, uh, because I enjoy sport, but had a lot of injuries. And then um, during COVID, we were all looking for things to do with our so-called free time as we were locked up in the house uh, with our masks and whatnot. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'd love to be able to share some of the stuff and not do it on a, so much of a one-to-one basis like I do in consulting. But um, I was thereby inspired to write a book and spread the word, you know, through a, a different medium. So that's where we are. So what do you do uh, with sports medicine? Who do you work with most of the time with clients and working one-to-one with? You know, like we were talking about earlier, uh my group is a lot like yours, people that just want to get in, in a better stead. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, professional athletes or, you know, um, I know, you know, people talk about it a lot and, and, and tout the fact that, you know, look, I'm, I'm out here in uh, Los Angeles right next to Holly Weird. Some people like to joke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I get to see a lot of celebrities and uh, whether it be, you know, in the acting world or the, the, uh, uh, athletic world because you know this is a hub for that sort of thing uh but i you know those those actually are the the people that are harder to treat because they're at the top of their game so to speak whether it's in in film or or tv or if it's uh, on the field to play uh the fun ones are the you know the people uh like i think most of your group that maybe have uh you know raised the 2.3 kids and have a mortgage and gave up their their college uh, athleticism for taking care of their responsibilities, but now have gotten to a point where they're like, okay, but I'd like to start enjoying life like I did before, the same type of health, most importantly. And those are the patients that come in and they're much easier to deal with because we're not trying to get that last fraction of a percent. We're trying to get you back to, you know, where you were when you were in your twenties. And that's, believe it or not, a lot easier than people think and certainly used to think and again, that's the subject of the book is that we have so many opportunities now. You don't have to suffer and think that, oh, gosh, here I go spiraling into old age, you know, down, down, down. No. Yeah, I'm over the hill. Do. Now it's all it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, not the case. Not the case at all. So with regenerative medicine, can you explain what that means? What is regenerative medicine? So really, uh, what we're doing is with regenerative medicine, we're compensating for the degeneration that occurs with age, you know, repetitive acts, whether it's against a heavy bag or, you know, with a computer mouse, if, if, uh, well, just being on the planet uh, to, to uh, maybe tickle the fancy of the physicists out there, you know, entropy, the, the constant breaking down the disorder of things occurs naturally. Well, over time, whether you're accelerating that with maybe performing your squats in the gym, the improper way or not regenerative medicine is going to counter that we're trying to piece things back together make them what they used to be and whether that's with 
you know, regenerating, say, cartilage in a shoulder joint or at a cellular level, reorganizing the DNA, meaning, uh, you know, we have some mistakes that are made when, in the replication process. Um, and, you know, we can refer to uh, the, the, the DNA as sort of like the recipe book uh, for all the things that are cellular in function. Well, you know, if, if, if uh, some of those things are misplaced, out of order, you got spaghetti sauce on the recipe book, you know, and you can't see if it is that three ounces or four ounces, <laughs> things can go awry. And, and the process of regeneration, and there's sub-processes to this, but as a general uh, broad stroke, it's, it's resetting that. It's, it's, it's cleaning up the mess so you can read what you're supposed to read in the recipe book and setting things in order so that things function like they used to, a lot more so. And what kind of therapies do you do with that? So we're talking about stem cells. We're talking about like PRP. We're talking about what other, what kind of therapies would those be? Well, believe it or not, those are things where we're really kind of, uh, I could use better words, but forcing the issue. We're saying, hey, for example, you mentioned PRP, platelet-rich plasma therapy. We're taking your blood and we're taking the, the cytokines, the growth factors, the, we all know what messenger RNA is now, right, after COVID. We're taking these things that signal the body to repair itself, to regenerate, okay? We're, we're concentrating them and we're putting them, say, into a joint. So we're accelerating the process. Well, stem cells and what comes with stem cells, a lot of those same things that I just talked about with PRP, mm -hmm. we're also uh, accelerating the process. But from without, if we're taking someone else's stem cell from umbilical cord tissue or from within, if we've taken your stem cells from you, Okay, and are concentrating them, uh, or over time, increasing the amount because we withdrew them say six months ago. And now we're putting them back into you while you've already um, reequilibrated your level. And of course, we would then take you to the next level if we did it intravenously, for example. But there are also ways that don't necessarily force the issue like that by just getting your own system to do the work. Everything from hot and cold therapy, which most of us can do. Uh, at home, certainly cold therapy. Um, I don't like and, it. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I don't where, like it. Where you live? I don't like it. Yeah, I don't no. like it. <laughs> it. It is. It is very. It's very good. It's. It's hard. It's really hard to do the cold therapy. <laughs> well, you can get used to it or not, because we have so many other choices. You can choose to use supplements that get your body's natural processes to kick in. Uh, we've got a lot of different choices of supplements. We've got some drugs, rapamycin, which is uh, a candidate for uh, regenerative health in a big way, uh, and, and what we call uh, rapalogs, things that work like that. So we've got supplements, we've got uh, uh, drugs, we've got do-it-yourself techniques we can use. Simple things like, you know, everyone poo-poos nutrition, sleep, and exercise because, well, it's nothing new. And it's like, okay, well, give me something else because I'm not going to skip my favorite show. Or something faster, something quicker, something they yeah, see results with. Easy. But in that case, you're skipping the basics, right? What I call the tripod of, of the basics, you know, those, those three, which then with the other things, you can really take it to the next level. Without those basics, yeah, depending upon how you chose your parents and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, you can get some uh, benefits forwardly uh, but otherwise you're probably just compensating, for example, for a lack of sleep if you're taking some of these supplements rather than taking a greater step forward. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, uh, with, let's say with injury, someone injures themselves, how do you work with someone like that 
and work with therapies that you do to help to regenerate or help to get somebody back to working order if they have any sort of injury, like a muscle tear or a disc injury or anything? What kind of treatments would you do with that? The same kind of treatments that you do that we were talking about? You beg the answer with your question, because the first thing is identifying what the injury is. Absolutely. Right. You have to have a diagnosis before you can treat it. Yeah. You know, just like the old analogy, you know, you got to have a destination to know where you're going. You don't just jump in the car and start driving. So the diagnosis is the most important part. And then you say, OK, well, here are the options. Let's say just to maybe make it more interesting. You, you, let's say someone has a partial tear in a rotator cuff, right? Their rotator cuff has is four different muscles of the shoulder. So let's say it's the, uh, the, the, the terrace minor muscle that's part of this rotator cuff, right? You have a partial tear. Well, what does that mean? Is it 70%? Is it 30%? Sometimes you can get a good gauge on that clinically. You see the patient, you can do some physical testing and say, looks like, smells like, et cetera, probably, you know, a fraction of a percent. So um, uh, we can treat it conservatively, meaning non-surgically. Okay, well, the options are we can just reduce the inflammation and see how Mother Nature takes it from there. We can be more aggressive with the PRP we talked about earlier. We can be even more aggressive, arguably, with the stem cells. And, uh, you know, again, each, each example is going to be a little different. Each individual is different, whether it's because of the way they chose their parents or your age. If you're 20, we're more inclined to say, hey, let's see what happens. We'll just really reduce the inflammation, maybe just with some ice packs. Okay. Yep. And a topical anti-inflammatory, like an NSAID, you know, a, a diclofenac is, is, is used quite often to just reduce the inflammation, get out of the way, so to speak. So mother nature can take over. If someone's my age, you know, an old buzzard at 60, uh, then, you know, we might be a little more aggressive to help the body with what it's not so good at, uh, when it was 20 and we say, okay, let's start with some, uh, some, some PRP, for example. So it really depends, but yeah, it, it's uh, individual to individual basis and we have lots of options, but the first is determining what we got to work with. Yeah. So your book, Cheating Death, you obviously you were inspired by being bored during COVID, but tell me a little bit about what is in it and what type of person you're trying to reach with it. I'm trying to reach anybody who doesn't know about all these techniques. Uh, and um, the idea was to really just spread the word because it seems a shame to have all these things at our, at our fingertips and to not use them. I haven't mentioned one of my favorites, which is peptides. Peptides are things that the body makes out of, uh, from a broad category, we might refer to them as proteins, right? The building blocks of proteins, right? A lot of amino acids become peptides. And depending upon where you draw the line and define it, they become proteins. It's all, it's all semantics. But, you know, for example, insulin is a peptide that's obviously very, very useful, been very, very helpful. And we have so many others. And, and the, what fascinates me about these, and maybe you too, is that with a peptide, you've got a structure much like a tinker toy, right? So you have the structure where, okay, you've got this connector over here and you've got uh, a ligand, a, 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 another um, place where you can make a connection to another connection to another connection. And, and you can build this, this uh, three-dimensional structure that with even the slightest change, we'll go into the cell and do something completely different, maybe even because of one small change. And you can imagine infinite structures. And we already have started imagining these things. And through the use of artificial intelligence and the ability to take um, and make tissues in, 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 in a lab, 
we can test some of these structures before they have to go into a human being and find out what will this do. So we have, um, you know, a whole future just with that slice of the pie, so to speak, in medicine. And, and nobody knows about these things. Uh, how many people know about gene editing? Did you know we can change your genes um, through an editing process? This is actually pretty simple and it's being used to this day in animals. And I know this is not cool, but I'm saying it, or it might be cool to some. I don't think it hurts the animal. Not but we're, kosher. We're that <laughs> uh, purple and glowing animals because we know how to edit their genes, right? Um, and it just shows the the relative ease with which we can manipulate that. And so someone who's been previously thought to be destined to a life with this particular disease state doesn't even know that, no, we can change this now. Uh, and I can go on and on. And that, that's the idea of the book is I can go on and on one-to-one day-to-day like I do in my practice, or I can, as I've done, put it all in one place where people can look at it. And then, you know, I don't care about gene editing because I heard you can make monsters out of it. I'm not even interested uh, but I do like the idea of peptides and let me research that. And then from there, you know, in the book, there are some action items where you can look into, for example, clinical studies that might be available where you can get treated right away if it's not something that your doctor can prescribe. Part so of it with- too is we don't even know what to ask for from doctors. And until people okay. learn about it, they're not even asked their doctor, right? So that, that again, it's, it's about spreading the word about what's available to us is the purpose of the book. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. If people don't, if you don't know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people do know about peptides. I don't think people even know, I mean, how, how do you, how do you take a peptide? What is a peptide? What is, how, how is, what's the process of it? What, I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to express that to somebody or, or why, you know, is it, it, does it come in a tincture? Does it come in a pill? Does it come in, you know, a suppository, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so many different things that you would have to explain to somebody. And if somebody doesn't know anything about it, why would they know to ask? And see, just listening to you go through what you just said, you're the, I would argue, the ideal person, or at least one of them for whom the book is written, because see, you're, you, you've already thought about it enough, right? So you're asking all those questions and you you know enough to know what you don't know, right? So right away, you'll have some answers. Well, let me look at the peptide chapter because I've heard about that. How is it delivered? You know, uh, how often do you have to deliver, et cetera, et cetera? And what can be done with it? Think about the people that don't even know what they don't know. And that's right. also the book is, is designed for so that they can start asking the questions that you're already asking. And why do you need it in the first place? Maybe people, I mean, people don't even know that they do need it. And I think a lot of people don't know that they may have something that can be fixed. Like you said, you know, as you age, you have things that happen, you know, your knees might go a little bad, you might get a tear in your rotator cuff, you might have degenerative discs. But a lot of these things can be slowed through progression a lot of obviously with exercise, obviously with diet, obviously with taking care of yourselves. But there are so many things that you can do to take care of yourselves to slow the progression to cheat death that we don't know about or even know that, you know, maybe we think that this is just the way life is. This is just what it is. And I'm getting older and that's just it. And that's part of the purpose of the book to educate, not just the so-called consumer, but the provider as well, because not to sound like a, a, you know, a a know-it-all or whatever, but we all find our niche. Right. And so 
one hand doesn't necessarily know what the other hand is doing in medicine. And so it comes to a surprise to some providers who give the advice that, you know, we want to counter, which is, oh, well, like, for example, with, with uh, hormone decline. Oh, that's normal. That just comes with age. Effectively, there's nothing wrong with you and get used to it. Well, that sucks. Why did I come here then? Because right. there's nothing wrong with me. And I'm, this is all in my head. No, there is something wrong. And I read a book that says we can do something about it again, not to, not, not the way that sounds, but you know, uh, from the standpoint of, Hey, just getting information out there, know that there is a trick. And that's actually part of the reason for the, the title of the book, cheating death that gets your attention. Right. And that's all encompassing whether it's, well, for me, it's not cheating death. It's for, you know, my bum knee that you talked about an ACL injury or, or the fact that I have no energy or a libido anymore. So it's my hormones more than likely that kind of stuff. It gets people to at least look and say, well, what exactly does that mean? Oh, there is something for what ails me. Absolutely. And I mean, let's talk about that too. I think that that's not something that's discussed a lot either, because there is a decline in testosterone in men. There is a decline in hormones in women as we age. And you absolutely can do something about that. And I don't think men talk about that at all, because that is, you know, that's a huge hit to your ego that my libido is slow for men and women. Your libido slows, you know, obviously women go through menopause and your hormones change in that. And why do we want to have to just to accept to accept that? Why do we want to accept that that that's going to be our lives and we just don't care about those things anymore and we just have hot flashes or just don't feel that anymore? You can absolutely do hormone therapies and take care of those things and have higher testosterone as you age and have more hormones for women and not have to go through the terrible things that you go through for menopause, you know, or, or have to, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to get you to laugh, but, but seriously, you know, it's normal, natural, whatever you want to call it to get sick and die one day. And so we're all going to die someday with normal and natural though. Let's, if we have a way to what we call square the curve, instead of spiraling down into old age, getting sicker and sicker, you know, uh, keep going strong close to what we were doing when we were 20. And then, you know, if we're blessed, maybe we, we die in our sleep at the top of our game or close to it, so to speak. And, and I don't know if it was artifact or, you know, from, from what we used, the way we used to think or, or not, but originally you said, you know, testosterone for men and, and hormones for women. That's a common misconception too, that um, men and women have different hormones. No, well, we I all mean, share the women do have hormone. testosterone also. Yes. But we yeah, just have, we have less testosterone than women initially. Yeah. I mean, than yeah, men. <laughs> So many people think otherwise, or particularly yeah. from, you know, my, my, our parents' generation, my parents certainly. And uh, it's fascinating when they learn, oh, really? I run on the same substances, just different amounts? Just different. And yes. you mean I can still have a libido? It's not just because I'm female and because, you know, obviously I don't have any testosterone. That's all about libido. Yeah. So, yeah, those, those are the things that make my job the best job on the planet. When you can, just from a little bit of education, spark the thinking of, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to suffer like this. Let me see what I can do about it and then do something about it. Right. Yeah. And there are women definitely do as we age take as women age do take testosterone, too, uh, because our levels of testosterone also start to fall. But I mean, if you take too much, you might start to grow hair on your chin, which happens anyway. So that's not fun. <laughs> Another great point. See, you talk about like how we don't like to talk about these things, but it helps to do so because there are a lot of uh, 
men and women that don't really understand men and women have hair in the same places, just women typically a lot less of it. Mm-hmm. The classic example is, you know, grandma at age 80, hopefully she makes it that long and is still fairly healthy, finally just says, you know, I don't care anymore. And we think, oh, she's 80. And all of a sudden, that's when you start growing hairs on your chin. No, she just said, I don't care. And I'm not going to pluck them anymore. Mm-hmm. It starts late 20s, early 30s. And it's not because of testosterone, it's your genes. And again, men and women are in the same places. Like I say, the women's just typically a lot less of it. Does testosterone further that growth? Actually, no. And not to get into the weeds too much, it's a metabolite of testosterone that is, is given the responsibility for that, something called dihydrotestosterone. But we can manage that. And again, it's not something that's caused by that hormone. It's the way you chose your parents. Again, I like to joke, um, it might accelerate the growth a little bit, but it's not the cause. And that, again, comes from ignorance. We think, oh, you know, uh, it's just me and, and grandma. But no, we should talk more about it and share and realize, oh, no, it's all of us that this is is happening to. And it's not from this weird treatment that just came uh uh, to the fore, which by the way, is not true either. We've known about testosterone since 1942, I believe, if I'm yeah, accurate. It's uh, been around for a did long a lot time. of studies back in the fifties. Yeah. So, and I have that talk about, I have the talk about genetics with my parents often. Cause you know, all those things that the, as, as you start to get older and all those things start to happen to you and you're like, dang it, mom, <laughs> why? Well, you have another that we have to our advantage too, because you can find out the expression of those genes and say, Hey, yeah, mom, when did you first hit menopause? And there's a good likelihood that there's a, a, you know, that genetic component will, component will affect you. Either it's mom's side or dad's side. But the cool thing about um, this is we can now get a mapping of our own genomes for so much more uh, cheaply than we could before. When I first mapped uh, my and my wife's genome, it was like $10,000, okay? And now you can get a complete, a complete, not a snip, not, not a portion, like uh, nothing against 23andMe, but they're not giving you the full genome. They're getting the, the portions that they think are important to them and important, therefore important to you or vice versa. Um, but you can get a complete genome mapping for under $1,000 now, I believe, even less than that, okay? Um, yeah. And that makes it so easy not to guess what's going on based upon the expression, which might take another decade for you or even your parents who are still waiting it for them for it to happen to them. You can see, okay, this is associated with that. And therefore, for example, if I develop hypertension, I won't do well with this drug, but I'll do well with this one. I don't have to waste time guessing or, uh, you know, I won't be able to lose weight with this method because of my genes. I'll be able to do it with this. That's pretty Isn't neat, that right? Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I it's, think so. I'm glad to see you smiling. Oh, it's uh, amazing. I mean, a fun, interesting little side story. So, my mother was adopted, and uh, recently, just within the last few years, she found her birth mother. Long story, but uh, she found her birth mother, and uh, never in her wildest dreams did she ever think she was going to be alive still. And uh, turned out she was. She was 98 and uh, just this past year celebrated her 101st birthday. <laughs> That's nice. So uh, I Both now, yeah, now we're finding, we're fine, you know, finding out some things about my mother that we never knew, um, but we, we've never done, you know, geneal, well, we did genealogy on my mother now, but that's how we found her. But uh, we're finding out some things about her mother 
that, you know, now we find out like the genetic kind of portion of it, but it would be interesting to find out the actual like DNA stuff about my mom because we never knew because that wasn't available to her when she was younger, you know, but it's and just it's so fascinating. If you could talk grandma into it, you know, with a simple blood draw, which I would recommend over salivary, but you can still do it with uh, saliva, I believe. But, uh, I, you know, with a simple, we call it liquid biopsy, you know, just a, just a blood draw, you could determine what your mom got from her and, of course, what you got from your mom. Because a lot of the, the, the longevity studies show that the centenarians, these people that live a long life, centenarians, you know, 100 or greater, um, have different genes. They're, they have an advantage. And it'd be nice to see if, you know, first of all, as on. a nerd, well, I just like to, we, you know, the more, it's, it's rare currently, that generation, our generation, we expect our generation, my generation, your generation, even more so, we expect more and more centenarians. But right now we don't have as many to, to choose from and to study. So that information would be invaluable. But yeah, to see what you inherited, what you didn't and see, you know, where you aligned there and and um, more specifically, and again, not to get into weeds too much, but we know that there's not too much difference between those that say make it to average life expectancy versus the centenarians uh, in terms of what kills you. It's just how long before it gets you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So centenarians don't get hypertension and, 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 and uh, diabetes or something like that until a decade, two decades or three more, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So you'll be able to see, okay, my propensity is toward uh, diabetes, let's say, because that's what grandma, God bless her, finally passed on from. Let's hope it's a long time from now. But then that gives you information to say, okay, well, I'll work even harder, let's say, at preventing that for even longer, because that's my Achilles heel. I mean, we go on and on about the ways this could be right. useful, obviously, but still useful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I think it's absolutely, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to know because really your genetics are, I mean, they're, they're your building blocks and you know, you put, I, I just, I find it all so interesting, but anyway, we're going down a whole rabbit hole, but so cheating death, the new science of living longer and better is your book. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about, or anything else you want to leave our listeners with that you think is even more fascinating or interesting or something that you think they need to hear? I hate to put my finger on just one thing, but in keeping with what we were just talking about, so those building blocks, the genes, that is just that. That's the base. But then we have what's called the epigenome, the expression, the 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 activation of those genes, right? And so we have testing. Um, the the I think the, the the most promising right now is DNA methylation testing, which your 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 genes get methylated. Okay, going back to your high school physiology again, that CH3 that's attached as a ligand. Anyway, they turn on or turn off a gene, okay? And by looking at that, I'll keep it pretty pretty broad, uh, we can determine really your, your health, your biological age. Because someone could be 70, you see them on the street and they go, wow, that person's 70, looks like uh, he or she's, you know, 55. Or the opposite, you know, that person's 45, looks like he or she can be 70. Wow, bummer. Uh, that's kind of, well, not kind of, that's, 
a reflection of how well you treated yourself or not, right? Have you done the right things for your genes or not? Have you done the things that we know that affects everyone negatively? Smoke and drink every day of your life and not gotten enough sleep. In measuring that, we can have an idea. Okay, yeah, you're you're 60, but uh, hey, pal, you know you're you're really 70 on the inside. Better change your habits, and then the cool part is not just that sentence, as it were, but because it's not a sentence, you can change your destiny in that regard. It's been proven. We've shown people who smoked when they didn't know any better, let's say, in their 20s and 30s, can reverse that methylation, that damage, and make themselves younger again. And I'm not talking about chronologically, but in terms of your expression, your age, your biological age, we call it. And we can in incorporate some of these things and actually see the changes. You don't have to trust what I put in the book. It's based on a study that you care less about and don't understand because it's not the language you, you speak, you know. Um, so that's what's fascinating to me is we have ways to measure these techniques for growing younger, okay, for cheating death. And we don't just have to make assumptions. We can actually you know, prove it looking yeah. at uh, DNA methylation, telomere testing, et cetera. Actually, you can, there's an actual scientific test measure for that. So you can see if what you're doing is, is making progress. I, I mean, and that's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I like to think that you can smoke for 20 or 30 years and quit and completely regenerate, you know, the lung tissue is, is your, the body is an amazing, amazing thing. And it's, it's built to, to fix itself. It's built to, it wants to be healthy. It doesn't want to be sick. It's true. And, and as doctors, we just get things out of the way so the body can heal itself. If you, if you, if you really dig down to, any treatment that's for the most part i'm generalizing again what we're doing is we're, we're getting things out of the way so the body can heal itself and you know with this uh uh these techniques we have for testing this think about it you don't have that person like you're you're describing you're sitting there oh i blew it i smoked until i was 40 and i, I you know I'm, I'm, I'm so i might as well smoke some more no not only can we now have proof that we can reverse it in general, but you have individual proof that you can show to yourself and obviously provide even more motivation to yourself. Hey, I reversed it. Right. Yeah. And think about that. That that's power. That's that motivates people to no end. You know, you can listen to somebody and okay, he went to Harvard, not anything against Harvard. It's actually a compliment and say, Oh boy, he must really, or she must really know what she's doing. But when you see it firsthand, that's the most motivation you're going to get. Right. I'm motivated. I don't even smoke. <laughs> Good. Keep it that way. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. So if somebody wants to buy your book, where would they go to find it? Online. I know it's uh, up for what they call uh, pre-sale right now uh, until March 7th. It actually starts getting shipped. Okay. Uh, you know, usual outlets, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. Um, and we have it in audio form now too. So yeah whatever, whatever uh, works best for you. All right. Awesome. I will post the link to that. I'll post um, all of your links on my show notes as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you all.